0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 16 of Betting and Boozin here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Roscoe, and guys, as we touched on yesterday in that Tuesday show, I, I I still have no words for what happened this weekend. Absolutely unbelievable. Not only what happened to Keeneland, but, you know, great racing all around. We did Oaklawn for last Saturday, which I, Howard Howard's already given me enough crap for everybody else, but that, uh, that secret oath beat is pretty tough to swallow and still is to this day, but, um, I just switched this the wrong way, but, um, it's still pretty tough to swallow, honestly. And, you know, Clarier, like I said, is definitely, I think she's the better horse, but I didn't think she would be able to get up with that trip that secret oath would sit, but Hey, I mean, Clarier, like I said, shows her class and shows her dominance. And now with out gone, hopefully that, um, that effort can turn into a really good three-year-old or three-year-old. Wow. Uh, A mare season for her. Wow. That was bad on my part. (laughs) But um, like I said, guys, um, an absolutely great weekend coming up again this weekend. We have not only the races we're going to be talking about covering the double dog dare stakes at Keeneland on Friday. We have the Elkhorn stakes, the Ben Alley stakes and the return of the big men, Smoke and jay which i will touch on of course i will i have to touch on him but i will touch on him in a few minutes here but guys like i said if you're new here or just find yourself coming back on the regular please go down below and hit that subscribe button we have surpassed 2,000 subscribers again congratulations to howard and everybody else pete paul patrick charlie and myself um i mean just an absolutely amazing milestone. So, and thank you guys for everything that you guys have done over the pad. We could not have done it without the community. So again, guys, thank you guys so much. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. But if you're down there, like I said, if you're not subscribed yet, hit subscribe, keep joining everyone. That's uh, all the support that's pouring. in. like I said, it's only going to get better for Derby week. So, and if, while you're down there, please hit like on this video. It uh, lets YouTube know that this is a show that people want to watch. So please, if you can, please go down there, hit that like button. We would greatly appreciate it. If you are more of an audio listener, And, you know, I would suggest over here on YouTube, we have, you know, great video and you would love to see our faces. But if you're not, if you're more of an audio person, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And please rate, review, and subscribe on those. Those are our main three audio platforms that we use. The HHH Racing Podcast Power Picks. Again, we don't even have to really touch on these anymore. But for any of you that are new, we are absolutely killing it again this year. That year to date has gone up as we had two more winners Uh, on the spot plays last weekend. And and not to mention Paul Halloran gave out his pick five grid and every single one of his top picks hit last week, granted. And that turned into $135,000. So it's a great, (laughs) it's a great day to have a great day, but, um you know we're giving out winners non-stop over there so again if you are interested please go to patreon.com slash hhh racing podcast that is also linked in the description below and like i said it's only going to get better for derby as we're going to have a bunch of blowout editions. so please go over there if you are interested and thank you so much to our great sponsor of the betting and booze and show bet us i um, fantastic sports betting and casino platform and we have a promo code if you're going to deposit money. Please use code RACING3H. They receive a free 125% back if you deposit $100 or more. And an updated website that we have, HHHRACINGPODCAST.COM. Not with all the of the Power Picks that are also on there. The previous editions of the Power Picks are on there in case you would like to take a look at them before purchasing. And then all the stuff about this weekend with, great, with our great co-host, Paul Halloran empowered and I and everyone else that, um, showed up, that got some great shout outs yesterday. That is all on there as well. Please go to the, po- uh, HHH racing If you are interested guys, I'm going to say hello to a bunch of people in the chat. We have a decent amount of people watching already. Thank you to everyone showing up, Stephen. I mentioned you in the, in the chat already, but good evening to you, sir. Nick Feldman. Good evening. My friend, it's unlucky for those that three in the middle there um, you got some bombs coming over the top that sadly you didn't have in that early pick five but hopefully you cash the rest of the day my friend i hope so michael austin good evening sir thanks so much for coming in jim pillars i have my chalk ready to end my blackboard hey Hey, I might have some big ones. We'll see how it goes. I haven't looked at any of the morning lines. Most likely, they'll probably all be six to five, um, with the way it goes on. But I didn't look at—I never look at the morning lines. But it just shakes out like that. But maybe I'll have some big ones. Got to take a look at it. Thanks, Jim, for joining the show and racing downwind. How's it going, my friend? And thank you so much for the congrats on the two thousand plus. Couldn't have done it without you guys. So thanks so much. Now yeah and michael Austin, i'm gonna touch on this as well you singled clarier it was either you single clarier you single secret oath for me and they ran one two to the wire just again clarier nips the better horse and that's the way it goes but yeah it's it's the oakland pick five was definitely tough and the last leg i mean god how how big of a price was that i think it was like 68 to one or something like that paid in the last leg over over like a 34 to one ridiculous but Anyway, we're going to get going here. Let me take that banner down and we're going to go in here with the early or the late pick five, excuse me, the late pick five at Keeneland on Friday. And as you can see on my banner down there, I'm, I'm driving to Keeneland again for this week. And um, as well, as the guys will touch on, I'll touch on here in a minute. It's for a really good cause. Even better, some would say, hopefully than last weekend. But I'm going to bring on my co-host right now. Uh, From the East Coast of New Jersey, Patrick Kunsell, and from the Ohio State University, Charlie Freeman. Guys, that's like two weeks in a row that the band's together.
1: It's crazy. It's a miracle. Yeah, Yeah, we got the gang back together.
0: And what's a miracle, Patrick, is we can hear you now finally. Oh, you can
2: hear me. All right, well, cheers to that because uh, I was getting a little nervous there for a second. You're all good. Yeah, Patrick was having some technical difficulties earlier, but
0: we're glad that he's here. And cheers to everyone out there as we go through this pick five on Benton and and. Guys, this was a pretty tough pick five. There's not a clear, for me at least, there wasn't a clear single. There definitely is one who is the most likely winner on the card, which I did end up singling in my pick five, as we'll see later and as we'll go over. But um, this one was definitely tough, and there's a lot of races. You can go many different ways, and as based on the picks, the guys have not seen the picks yet of each other. I obviously had to as I put them all in. It's, it, we're all over the place. Finally, after it's not me and Patrick picking the same horses for five races straight again, which is how it ended up going last time. But, um, and then Penn State's got one final shout out. Good evening to you, sir. Thanks so much for coming out. I appreciate it. So now, guys, let's get right into it. We're not going to waste any time here as we have a pretty big pick five to go over from Keeneland as I bring up the, um, Actually, excuse me, we're not starting yet because, again, as I mentioned, there's a there's one particular big man who is racing this Saturday, and I want to give crisp shout-out to him as, um, as also the um, sponsors of the show, Crownsway Racing and Tony Rollo and all them. I want to um, give a big shout-out to our big man, Smoke and Jay, who races on Saturday at Keeneland. Um, which is what I am going driving down there for again. Me and my girlfriend Emma, we were both driving down to join the group. Um, it's an allowance for one hundred thirty thousand um, dollars. He is Kentucky bred, so he's eligible for that allowance money. He drew the two in a full field of twelve, going five and a half furlongs on the turf. Um, we got Tyler Gaffleyon up, so and also thank. And I'm gonna put me on. I'm gonna put us on the screen for that. Thank God Tyler's okay after that big spill that happened today in race six. Looks like he got trampled, and he only comes out. From what I saw, only with a cut on his face, which is an absolutely, I mean, that's extremely lucky, but I'm super glad that Tyler's okay. And not just because he's riding my horse on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. But yeah, it's a big, it's going to be a big race on Saturday. And there's big plans for him after it if he runs well. He's got one of the highest buyer speed figures coming off that last race at Gulfstream that you all know if you've been following the podcast. So again, just, Shoot out a little bit of love there for uh, Smoke and Jay and the rest of Crown's Way and myself as we go for a pretty big one here on Saturday. But, again, it's my show. Howard's going to touch on tomorrow, obviously, is this is the last race of the sequence of the late pick five. But it's my show, damn it. I'm giving love to my horse who's up there in the corner, but you guys cannot see him. But good luck to the big gray man uh, on Saturday. But now, guys, as I switch the PPs over to the – the race we're actually covering, it starts with race six on Friday. It's gonna be race six through ten. And it is a starter allowance fifty thousand with a purse of fifty-seven thousand, a field of eight. And the morning line favorite is the number one morning cup for Irad and Albert Stahl. And I'm gonna switch over to the PPs right now. And like I said, these are the first time that these guys are seeing the their picks of each other. And again, it's crazy, but we're all going with different horses in this race. I'm going with the two. Patrick's going with the five, and Charlie's going with the four. So, how about that? Take that, Jim. Nobody is going with the chalk in this race on top. And Patrick, that's my top three. I'm, hey, this, yeah, you're, I mean, in your top three. That's also correct. But, Patrick, I'm going to you first now that you're on it. What do you like about the
2: number five supremely on top for Foley and Lannery? Yeah, this is a race where I, I think you have to go with a horse that seems to be improving. Um, you know, I, I love to look at the buyer speed figures and this horse would show that the, that, uh, it is improving going, you know, from three back, it's a 65 buyer to a 73 to a 76, all at the same distance. Um, and I was, uh, fairly impressed with, uh, the horse's last race, considering the, um, uh, the, uh, pace that was just, it was insanely fast. Um, so coming back out of that i I think this horse has a decent chance i think the four uh appeal denied is it's inflated by that 93 buyer which i i don't know if the person that was giving the buyers that day was drunk or what was going on but well you know whatever it is what it is um but I, i just think that this is a type of race where you know the pace is you know, it, it, it could be quick, but it's not too quick. And I'm hoping Lannery can find a spot for this horse and uh, be right there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this is a horse that's not far off. I don't have this horse in um, just because I don't think this horse necessarily classes up coming over from uh, fairgrounds. But look, if this horse can continue to improve off that 76, this horse can definitely be live. Uh, coming over from Fairgrounds. Charlie, you're going with the number four who Patrick has in second and also a hive in second. It's, in the, it's the, as they would say, the first Foley for, um, like I said, Appeal Denied for Donnemeier Farm written by Tyler Gafflione. The Trooper, as I said, what did you like most about Appeal Denied?
1: Yeah, so with the four, I mean, we want to talk about, as Patrick was saying earlier, about seeing a horse and proof. I mean, this horse is the definition of it. Hadn't run since November, comes back in February, right around the distance that this race is, and just puts up a 93 out of nowhere. Sat right off the pace, got to the front, got in a tough battle, and just couldn't get there late. Love, obviously, I mean, Tyler Gathlion's my favorite jockey in the world. And I mean, if him battling through all this to continue racing after what happened doesn't show on top of how talented he is, like just how competitive he is and the fact that he's able to push through everything that he obviously went through with a scary incident. I mean, I I, I want to roll with him. I like the horse. I think he has a good chance to win. I think the morning line is pretty accurate. I would not be surprised if this horse receives a good amount of money because I'm sure a lot of people are going to see that huge jump to the 93 figure off the layoff and say maybe whatever it took over that time awaken this horse and now it can start to really keep going because if it, if it runs like its last race, it should win this race in my eyes.
0: Yeah, it's, it's for me on this horse, this horse is extremely weird i don't know what other way to put it like he goes 73 loses by two and three quarters first time out you're like okay that's a good run then he loses by um i mean goes to seven loses by 15 and then he's getting a 53 comes back to win going away with an 82 Maybe then comes back
1: the frogs, i, those I, are I, two strong I mean i
0: guess but i mean five and a half I mean maybe it is just the sweet spot but that's, there's a massive jump to the 82 a massive regression and then a massive jump again to 93 it's I didn't know what really to do with this horse in a sense where I, I don't know if he's gonna run another 93 or he's just gonna flatten out to a dud but you could be on it was a big jump last time got a big number I think going back up in class he's gonna have to show it a little bit to me again but um, you are right, Charlie. I think he's going to take a lot of money showing that 93 buyer. Um, I complete. I think this horse could be live, especially if he continues on that. That's, ninety-three. It's
1: interesting, though, kind of touching what you said, though, is what's weird is so obviously it ran in September and had that 82. Mm-hmm. And then after having its clear cut best race and winning going away, it inexplicably goes on a layoff until November and then comes out a shell of itself and has two duds. But then again, they take it off again, and now it comes back off a layoff and has a career effort. So I can definitely see the arguments for why it's weird, but who knows? Maybe for I don't, obviously, I don't know what happened at the time that they chose to shut it down the first time, but I guess I can see why they felt the need to shut the horse down again. And I, maybe they found something. So that's what I'm kind of banking on.
0: Yeah. And Charles, I will touch on your comment. I agree. I've watched every single race of Keeneland this spring meet, and it's definitely more on the dirt than the turf. Um, the the track has played fair in some instances, but a lot of the time it is coming from the front or just off the pace. So I do agree with your comment and Nick, I'll get to yours in a second. Um, The one does look really fast on paper. And as I go through 57, 85, 96, the, the, I would say the one's definitely faster than the five. The six is kind of slow. The seven slow out the gate and the eight is slow. But my hope, is that the five control a little bit more speed Nick to be able to catch up to the one. And I don't think the two is going to sit very far off of him at all. And I hope that the six can get first run. I'll tell you what, after those last two efforts at fairgrounds, the second, the second to last effort really wasn't that good. I really like the six for a long effort at the claiming level of 50,000 goes up to a mile runs really well against master game. Who's a decent horse in his own right. Um, Get, just kind of dies out of towards the mile. I love the turn back to six and a half, but Nick, your def your comment is definitely taken to where the one, I'm going to talk about the one, I think this, and I'll let you talk about your three, Charlie, and then we'll move on. But the one is definitely could have a pace advantage in this race, but that last race at fairgrounds, granted it was at a mile and I just run cold pace after cold pace. I mean, 21 and four is really not that slow, but able to slow it down. I, this, it could be extremely um, interesting to see where this horse or who goes with this horse early. <sighs> just There's one favorite that I'm looking to beat in this. It's the one. But, Nick, you're, like I said, your comment is definitely taken. This horse definitely can get loose on the front end. Um, but, like I said, I'm hoping that the five will be able to show some early speed, go with them, and Schmoozen can kind of tip out at the top of the stretch. Because I don't really see anyone just ha- having tactical speed like Schmoozen does. In this spot and pet and uh pet uh don't not Patrick Charlie. I'm gonna let you talk about your three stand for freedom. Who Charles B actually really likes in this spot. As Ian Wilkes has definitely been saving up his good horses for Keeneland this year.
1: Yeah, I guess Charlie's think alike. Um, but, yeah, no, so the reason the three got me excited is, I mean, you know I love closers. I know, obviously, with the distance and with what you guys were talking about with Keeneland on the dirt, it doesn't exactly sound ideal for the three because it is a horse that's going to want to come off the pace. But my honest thought process was kind of what you were talking about, Kyle. Like, there is a good amount of speed in this race. There are a good amount of horses that want to go to the front. So I feel like if you are looking for another horse to consider, maybe at a little more of a reasonable price, that could maybe surprise Why not look for a closer where if the race does happen to fall apart and the pace is hot enough, I don't see why the three couldn't get there. So that was my thought process with putting the three down there was if this race falls apart, the three is the horse to me that seemed the most likely to be able to pick up the pieces.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, this horse has run really well at the claiming level. Uh, It was able to do it on um, back at six and a half at Turfway in the maiden 50. Going to face winners for the first time, but still had really good runs at Keeneland and Churchill last time and bet pretty well too. I don't think this horse is going to necessarily be favored by any means in this spot. I think you'll get a good seven to one on this horse in the, um, like I said, in this spot, but, um, the one is definitely the most likely winner of this race, but all of us are going to try and beat him. And I know Jim, Jim thinks he's watching the wrong show. Cause I said, I'm going to try to beat a favorite, but don't worry, Jim. I have him in my pick five anyway, so don't worry about that. I always include the chalk, but, um,
1: it's, I like what the chat's saying also. I agree. I, th- yeah. I the seven was a horse I was considering it. So I was surprised when I saw the lines that it was that big of a long shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, realistically, I know what Nick Tamaro is thinking on this one. Also, great name, by the way. Great game, great name. Um, but <laughs> I I think people are, people are gonna look at connection-wise and that he's coming from turfway at third knee claiming. And I think this horse is not gonna take that much money. But um look, this horse has doesn't have a whole lot of back numbers on dirt, really at all. If I show all lines here, um, where the heck did that go? He actually has no starts on dirt at all. Actually, I could have just looked up there, but um, I think that's another thing. So, I mean, pe- uh, horses can easily um translate from the synth to the, to the dirt, even though that is a question mark. I think, but with all the factors I just stated, I think that's why that horse is going to be fifteen to one. But if the horse takes to the dirt, there's no saying why this horse can't clunk up for second or third by any means especially if somehow the pace falls apart and either the one or schmoozin or the five cannot get the get up there but i'm going two four one patrick's going five four two and charlie's going four three one i did not mention the eight um of which oh and i believe that's probably going after the next race but um that's race six. And then going on to race seven, guys, I'm gonna switch the ch- picks right now. And again, we're all over the place, boys. When um I'm going, not, I'm going with the nine. Pex is going with the eight, and Charlie is going with the one. I actually don't even have the one anywhere. So Charlie, I'm gonna let you go first. I did I did my homework for this race. These uh not a bit not a baby race by any means, but these three-year-old maiden special aids I love to do my homework on. So, Charlie, what did you like about the number one Copa Girl for Cox and Giroux?
1: So I do want to say I'm very happy that you have the six up there because I will say to the viewers curious, I flipped actually the one and the six like a little bit before I sent in my picks because I was going back and forth. The problem is for me, I actually like the one the most, like the the horse makes the most sense to me. But my natural pet peeve, which is what I was fighting between myself, is I get really scared taking a first time starter on the rail. It's just usually a really bad recipe. You'd never want to take a first time starter on the rail. They get nervous. It's not a good spot. You prefer them closer to the middle um however it is brad cox great jockey as well with um uh, on on the saddle as well obviously not a cheap horse either decent workouts as well um like i said i don't know i mean everything for me made sense i just didn't like the post position uh i didn't really like any of the horses with experience so i thought you know what there were some classy first-time starters so why not take some chances on a few of them that's why i went strictly with all first-time starters um but yeah the one again just everything other than the post position checked out for me uh, so that's how I ended up finishing with the one on top.
0: yeah and you can actually see um, I have I have write-ups on all the uh, on all the horses in this race. Um, I just think this horse I don't think you're gonna get that four to one necessarily I know it's gonna be on the rail um, the works are pretty good for this horse Constitution wins at a decent clip uh, with his first time starters but the dam's runners if I go to the dam of Haley Gay, um they go to the siblings pp's moments the saver was 3 for 39 uh blunder yeah. was st- oh for 16 still a maiden as of march thir- march 6th of 23 i mean and then obviously the other two that have that are unraced Copper girl being the one in this race but this horse was 0 for 0 for 14 on dirt and this horse was 2 for 24 on dirt so that for me and especially since this horse is going to be such a short price i am going to stay away from this horse at least on the win end for me i do include this horse on my pick five just due to the connections and the works of this horse but it's, like i said th- i think this horse is going to be a pretty big underlay probably around that three to one mark um and the way the way that um her siblings have ran i just i cannot take the chance especially on top end for this horse patrick you have this horse in second but you have the eight on chop which is check engine light for Jorge Abreu and Luis Sayas.
2: Yeah, just one thing on the one before I yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk about my top choice. Um, Just watch the board with that horse, especially because, yeah. you know, you look at the connections. I mean, I know from, you know, up at Saratoga in the summer when you have a horse like this that's only been training, has never raced. You, you have to watch the board because, I mean, if you see it's getting – pounded on the board, you know, you're gonna gonna know you have to play the horse, you know, if not then, you know, you go opposite directions but uh, that's just my my little tidbit there Uh, with Check Engine Light, the 8 you know, my angle with this horse is Jorge Abreu uh, predominantly uh, New York trainer uh, based, ships this horse in uh, coming out of that uh, $200,000 stake at Aqueduct horse through a dud they would not send this horse to Keeneland to run in a Made in special weight for a $100,000 if they didn't know they had something. And I just think that you get Louis Tsai as a board. Distance seems to be perfectly fit for this horse. I think six and a half furlongs will be perfect. You should get a decent price. I'm looking at the morning line, nine to two. I was expecting a little bit more, not going to lie. But I, I think if this horse can find the right trip, it's got a great shot.
0: Yeah, and I mean I'll tell you why I think it's supposed to be nine to two. They're gonna look at the special weight coming from Aqueduct at a mile and the one from seven furlongs right there, just loses by his nose at four to five, mm-hmm. goes to a listed stake, doesn't do anything, now comes back down to not down to earth per se, but down to um down to more her level at this point. It's gold square, picks up Sayas. Um, you can see on my right up threw her into the busher, never showed turning back into a maiden race again. Could be dangerous with her com- with this company in a nice trip. So if this horse this horse has tactical speed and has showed it beforehand, I think this horse could be really good at six and a half turning back from that mile. So I agree with you, Patrick, on that one. I went with the number nine small town girl for Maker and Gaff Leon. Charles B agrees. Giant Jim, I know you're happy as this is the chalk for this race, of course. But I really like this horse. I mean, you can see in this write up that I did, Oscar Performance Philly showed some promise at Oaklawn and threw two pretty hot paces for Maker. Keeps Tyler and could sit a decent trip behind the pace. I don't think the distant, extra distance, extra half furlong is going to be any type of problem for this horse. Not to mention, if you look at the first race she ran at Oaklawn, look at these horses that she beat or that they're coming out of it. You have Punch Bowl, which got second in the Ashland, favored in the Ashland, just behind defining. Purpose, Unsung Melody, who came back to win a, to win a maiden special weight at Oaklawn at six. Sacred Wish, who won at Oaklawn next time out and then got second in the Gulfstream Gulf Park Oaks behind Affirmative Lady. This horse ran against absolute monsters her first time out, so this six doesn't really scare me by any means considering also she set a hot pace that day. Um, and then the coming back at Oaklawn, um, this horse has also entered um in race eight of this card, which is actually is this isn't yeah, this is race seven, right? Yeah, this horse is actually I think she's an AE of the next race. I think she'll probably run here for maker, and I think she could be really tough in this spot coming back into more of her um more of her more an easier competition, I should say. The works are good. Uh my page duel is duels a great to produce some really good dams or some really good uh progeny, excuse me. And if she improves off that 67, I think this horse could be really tough in here. But um, so I'm going with the number six in second, who actually um, Charlie has in third, but no one else. Charlie, I'll talk about my write up real quick and I'll let you touch on anything else that you have about this horse. Um, With D'Amato and Pratt, Nick touched on it as well in the chat that Damato's bringing it. He's two for two with the two horses he's brought over from his California barn at this meet. Obviously, this horse is racing at Santa Anita. Has one work over the track in 47. That's three out of 56. Um, I think the only thing that really w- weirds me out about this horse and actually gave it was Nick gave it a 10 to 1. I don't know if you'll get that price on this horse, but if you go to the damn breeding, I mean it's all turf. It's all Euro turf. So Sassini and then Fastnet Rock, obviously you don't have but Eva's request all long turf that's my only obviously munnings produ- and spites town produce great sprint runners here in the u.s but the dam is the dam side is all turf so it's going to be interesting this horse has really good works like i said so hopefully this horse showed that it can handle the dirt i'm also afraid that you're going to get probably five to one on this horse as well um being that it has that it's damato and pratt on this horse with a pretty much bullet work in its last charlie is that kind of what you saw or do you have anything else to add
1: I mean, yeah, like I said, I originally had this horse on top, but I mean, I don't have the access to like, look at the stuff about the past breeding, but I knew something was up when I saw it was at 10 to one. Cause when you look at how expensive the horse is, you look at the works, you look at the trainer and jockey connections, everything like you said, kind of screams this horse should probably be like five, six to one. And I think that's probably more of what you'll get at it. Um, But yeah, I certainly think this is a horse that could have a chance to win. I mean, again, with these first time starters, you never know what's going to happen. Has a decently reasonable post as well. Um, so who knows? I mean, if it lives up to what it's looking like and doesn't run out of gas and can show, even though it seems like maybe it's more meant for turf, as you mentioned, this horse could be one that surprises. And again, with the connections and the price and workouts, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, in terms of anything else I'd want to touch on, I know I'm the only one who has the two up there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I was going right there next just because you were on it. Um, Nick Nick Feldman. Again, likes that IRAD jumps on the Stidham horse. V- violence is about, uh, well, actually, it says right here 18% first time clip, which is really nice. 92% for Stidham and Ired.
1: I mean, again, another one that's been working forwardly Michael Stidham, very respectable trainer. Obviously, anytime I-Rad's on a horse, you have to give that horse a look. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, I think as you kind of also uh, shows in the horse note, this horse, because Irad's on it naturally, will probably take more money than it should. But again, the reality is when we're making these picks, we're not really looking for who's the best value. If you bet the race individually, we're just looking for obviously the best candidates we think that could win to keep our ticket alive. Again, nobody really in this race. I do think that nine could be tough, but I don't know if it'll go all the way in the distance. I could see it getting to the front and fading. So, again, there was just no, like, true – even though it did go against some tough competition, there wasn't really a horse with experience that stood out to me. I saw some strong trainer-jockey combos on some first-time stars with good works. And, I don't know, i just rather take my chances on some of the newbies whenever I see fit.
0: Completely get it. And, I mean, this horse is going to take money just due to it having Irad and Stidham um looking through the dams progeny the horse um the dams runners are one for 13 in sprints and obviously being violence in medaglia um i don't i think this horse could want a little more distance so i'm not sure if the sixth is going to fit this horse but um obviously if Ired gets this it gets her in a really good position i think it could definitely be um be it could definitely be up there with the top flight. And Matt, Matt Miller, I'll get to your question in a second. I'm going to let Patrick touch on um, – did we touch – no, we touched on the one already. Did we touch on the
2: eight, Patrick? Or Yeah, we did. We touched we on the We did check eight engine light, of course. You um... – you pretty much hit on everything i needed to uh speak about for the nine so you could get to the question if you want sounds good
0: all right matt miller skeptical not fun question derby coming up do you potentially do you want to potentially lose derby bankroll here or save it to hit derby day harder you know you'll have strong opinions then it's honestly Matt, that's a, it's a great question because you know a lot of people i'm obviously playing it cuz i'm going not not to uh not to mention that but it brings up a really good point, is that, you know, if you have a certain amount of bankroll and you don't really want to spend it, I would say only play your strongest opinions if you are going to play this card. Um, like I said, there's the ones that we're gonna get to later where are my stronger opinions. I really like the nine. I think that's definitely one of my strongest opinions, but I do have stronger opinions later. But Matt, that's a great question. I think that's something people need to keep in mind, especially as we get to Closer and closer to the first Saturday in May um, where people are going to be hurting for money if they spent it all on, you know, crappy 50,000 claimers earlier in the month. So, I mean, it's a definitely a, definitely a good question for sure. Guys, I'm going to bring up race eight here, which I believe is, yeah, it's the $130,000 allowance, $130,000. Um, and we are pretty much around the same. um. Wait, did I mess up this? I think I messed this up because I didn't pick these. I might have messed up the picks. I'll look at them again real quick. Uh Charlie, who was your top pick in this race?
1: Uh, this is race eight, correct?
0: Yeah, it is race eight, correct.
1: Yeah, race eight, I had uh one three two.
0: One three two, okay. Sorry about this, folks. My apologies. One three two and then Patrick, who did you have? Uh two one ten. I don't know how I messed that up. I'll get my picks, obviously, in a second. I know um, who this was. But, Charlie, I'll let you go first. You have one of the Euros in this spot coming over from Ireland. It is uh, Juncture for Brad Cox, Florence Giroux, and Judmont Farms. Charlie, I'll let you take it away. What would you like about Juncture?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this race was really scaring me at first since I ended up liking the first three horses. I'm not going to lie. When I started going through it, I was like, is there going to be a bad horse in this race? Am I going to be able to narrow this down to three? Luckily, after I got through the first three, I just didn't see anything that really appealed to me. Um, Obviously, it is a little tough. It's not as easy to interpret when you go with these overseas horses. You know, there's not as much you can compare or look through. And obviously, with the time for ratings, you also have to adjust because they are higher than buyers. So it's not truly a 106. But, um, yeah, I mean, the horse has been working well. Again, I really like the connections coming off of a solid win at a, in a decent stakes race. Uh, also, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, earlier on, the three got the best of this horse. Um, but you can see still from the time form, nonetheless, that it did jump up from a 96 to a 106. So it is making improvements. Um, and even though the three did get better than the one, the reason I ended up putting the one on top is I just liked that it got that next race after uh, with the 3 not racing since August, whereas the one got that race in November and ended up taking a big step forward. So I like that it is obviously still a decently long layoff, but not nearly as long as the threes layoffs. That's how I ended up with the one horse on top.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you can't go wrong with the connections in here. Cox and Giroux and with Judmont Farms, this horse is definitely going to take money. You probably won't even get that four-to-one morning line clip. Um, Out of 22 foreign shippers that have gone to Brad Cox, you can actually see it in the top right there. Um, it's seventeen percent. So I mean, a pretty decent uh clip for Brad Cox, but definitely under his normal winning average. Um, this horse ran at Dundalk on the synthetic, ran a hurrah. I mean, play placing and showing in Grade Three Group Three company is definitely not uh, anything to sneeze at by any means, but did lose to the three at that race in August in the Snow Fairy Phillies. Uh, which obviously, like I said, is a Group 3 race. Takes the blinkers off for Cox, who only... She only had him on for the last race, but ended up actually drawing away in that race. I watched uh, that race from Dundalk in November. But, Charlie, you are right. She has a little more recency and is working really well over the fairground and Churchill tracks. So, the switch is definitely, definitely interesting. Patrick, you're going next, my friend. You are going with the two, not one of the Euros, who's actually... Morningline favorite, I believe. Yeah, Morningline favorite at 2-1 to with Brian Lynch and Irad. Yeah,
2: this definitely has a lot to do with Irad being aboard. Um, You know, this is the type of race where I would typically go with one of the Euros, just thinking talent-wise, you know, shipping over. But I I kept looking at Fast as as Flight, and just, you know, the improvement through every start, um, getting Irad Ortiz, you know, the Um, turf at Gulfstream Park has been iffy, especially when it got into March and into the beginning of April. I I just think this horse might really take to the Keeneland ground and has been training fan pretty much fantastic, you know, no complaints. So I'm going to, you know, I know it's the favorite. Yeah, I'm saying I'm going to take a shot. I just think this horse is a quality horse against euros that are not dominant to say the least. Okay. And the two is definitely interesting. I'm not sure
0: if this horse is going to be favored. I mean, you're there. I'm sure Nick Tamro is relying on the American bias. Um, I think the three, the three of the ones, definitely going to end up being favored, um, just based on Euro form and connections alone. But this horse definitely stands there. This horse has a race at Gulfstream Park where it ran really well, losing to White Frost and Princess Through. White Frost is in a is in. Um, a really nice race later that we'll take a look at, I believe it is the Ben Alley or not the Ben Alley, the uh, double dog Dare that we'll get into. But um, it look, this horse can definitely win. I'm just taking more. I think the three and the one have been racing against tougher over in Europe, but they are going to have to contend with that layoff, as Charlie pointed out. So the two is definitely a must use if you're taking, if you're p- playing a little bit more spready in the pick five in this race, which I don't think I like, you necessarily like have to.
1: <laughs>
0: which one? Oh, you typed your picks in reverse order and race you the two cents. God damn it, Jim. I had to read that out <laughs> loud because of that. God damn it. Hey, don't worry about it, Jim. Don't worry about it. But um, I'm going with the number three, Vareggio, for Walsh and Gaff Leon. This horse has been racing really well over in Europe. Again, hasn't raced since August 27th of 22, which you pointed out. I think this horse has a lot of tactical speed, and obviously that can um, translate over into America differently. Um, this horse hasn't been his favorite as much as the one has. I think that's just be- generally based on connections alone. Um, this horse has done absolutely nothing wrong over in Europe, and Walsh is really good with his foreign shippers winning at 22% out of 57 runners. So this horse is definitely going to be live in this spot. Has works over the turf at Palm Meadows down in um in florida comes up to keelan runs over the training track which is synthetic over in lexington and it works okay i don't think necessarily that she was she was ramped up and ready to go but i think she will be tight and definitely the euros will be tough in this spot and that's all i have patrick you'll have the last say you're going with the 10 in third which is arm candy for another the other walsh for john velasquez in this spot
2: yeah the other walsh like you said um this you know you look at this horse's last three races and you're like, all right, Patrick, what are you looking at here? And it's just, you know, it's one of those plays where I, you know, I have a feeling that this horse is going to sit a trip is going to go in behind horses and, you know, take a shot. I don't think this horse can be on or near the lead. Uh, It's last race. Just had no, just had no chance. No closing bid whatsoever. Um, Johnny V comes aboard. This is more of a feel type of pick. Just, you know, coming off a race where it was off a long layoff, maybe a pass and see what this horse can do second time out after a decent layoff.
0: Yeah. And I mean, second time off is going to be the most likely the, the key. If you're trying to ride this horse did lose to white frost, who again is in a really princess theorem market segmentation. I mean, this horse isn't losing the bad horses by any means, but hasn't really shown the closing kick. Um, that she showed way mm-hmm. back in uh, late 2021, early 2022. So she's definitely gonna have to come back into form, but at a, you know a decent price, probably about that eight. You're definitely gonna get the eight to one with the three on the inside taking money. Um, so if you if you like the price, this horse is definitely one to take a shot at. So and a lot of people are pointing out the six, which I'll touch on here, which is bipartisanship for grand motion and size. And this horse, I did take a look at, guys. I was this close to putting current third above the two, although I think the two is just a better horse. It's coming over from the West coast for Graham motion, who obviously has some of his horses go over to the West coast in the winter. And some of them, they go all over the place, but he does have a West coast stable out there um, in the winter. This horse just, I, I don't know what his, what the, um, what the West coast form is going to show. I like that. He picks, I like that. She, 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 picks up Sayas. um, really too big, but really hasn't shown that ability to run that 95 that she ran at Goldstream back in 21. I'm just not sure that this horse has very much upside. Um, this horse could definitely be an underneath horse. Hopefully you'll get that 10 to one. Although with the connections, you might get a little bit lower. I think you might get around that seven to eight to one mark in that type of stuff. But, um, this horse is definitely interesting. And if she's ready to go off that, um, off that West Coast form, I think she could definitely get into the exotics for sure. Just to answer a few, Bipartisanship is the best horse. I think, she, like I said, she used to be uh a, the one of the, the and would be the best horse if she, you know this race was late 2021. But she's definitely going to have to. I get the class that she's been running against, but she's going to have to show that she can do it against a really nice allowance field in this spot, especially with the two euros and the two on the inside. And hey, Simon, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. And Parker, man, the boss ain't here. This is the Young Guns show on Wednesdays. Uh, Howard will be back tomorrow for the flagship show. Betting and Boozing is uh, hosted by myself. And then
2: well, he's, doing my yeah, he's, he's doing
0: his homework. Yeah, he's doing his homework. He's grading papers right now is what he's doing. But Parker, thanks for joining the show, man. I greatly appreciate it. And then Jim actually states the three looks like a single, you know, now should come back and that's, I forgot to mention that, Jim. So thanks so much for pointing that out. This horse is now four, turning four after running really well in Karaz. A three and uh, Ireland is a three-year-old. Now comes back four. Should be ramped up and ready to go. I will. <laughs> I love, it. and uh, he's actually, uh, he's he's actually watching and lurking in the stream, but doesn't say anything, which is the classic Howard way. But. Um, <laughs> No, no disrespect at all, Parker. Don't worry about that. I was joking around with Howard, as we usually do on this show. The boss ain't here, so we get to do whatever we want. But obviously, he's lurking. He's always watching. But um, no, don't (laughs) worry, Parker. I didn't. I didn't take it as any disrespect at all, guys. I'm going to move on here as we get deeper and deeper into this card. We're going with race nine. This is the featured car, a featured race on the Friday card. It is the Grade Three Double Dog Dare Stakes. Um, for three hundred thousand dollars for horses going mile and a sixteenth on the dirt, probably front line finish. Knowing this track, um, and the way it's played, I gotta hate the front line finishes. They used to do it at Arlington all the time, and I, oh, I don't like it at all. And I don't.
2: Terrible, like all. terrible, but We
0: are. This is the one race, guys, where we're actually actually the next race were pretty similar on top, but we're kind of spread out on the bottom. But this is the one race that we're actually really close. But again, Charlie. You seem to be the odd man out on a lot of these races. That's why I'm going to continue to go to you first as I switch over to the Double Dog Dare. You are going with the number three. And actually, I messed again. I messed up on the picks. I got to change my picks. They're not the right ones. But you're going with the number three, who I think really has a big shot in this race Frost Point for Bill Mott and Flavian Pratt.
1: Yeah. So, you know, to be honest, I was going to try to go back to chalky once I saw the odds, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just standing my ground. Um, I think I might've accidentally left this one off the ticket, which is a little unfortunate because I wanted to stick with my one bold pick, which was this three horse. But yeah, I mean, you got Bill Mott, you got Flavian Pratt, the connections. I mean, obviously round has been only increasing in its speed figures, consistently strong races. I know obviously not this level of difficulty of a race, but nonetheless was dominant in its last effort out. Um, I don't think you're getting 12 to one. If people see these figures and it went in by six lengths and then the connections, I think this one will probably be closer to like a, I don't know, six, seven, eight to one. There's no way you're getting this in the double digits, but yeah, I think this horse is very, uh, very alive in this race.
0: I agree. And this is my, honestly, uh, at 12, to one. I was very surprised to see 12 to one, but I think Nick's banking on that the four horse who I'm going to get to in a second is going to take a lot of money as Nick pointed out. And I'm not hammered from the Millridge farm party, Howard. You already gave me enough crap at that party. I don't need any more.
2: But, was that um, before or after I texted you? You guys better get hammered that night. Uh, that was during. Oh, uh, During. <laughs> <It was then. laughs> yeah, we were actually. I was actually at the bar as you texted me that, which is hilarious.
0: But um, Frost Point, I think this horse is extremely interesting in this spot. This horse can go to the front, albeit in a very slow pace at Aqueduct. And we know how Aqueduct plays to, uh, to lead runners but that last race that I a closing on the track, getting an 85 and only improving for Bill Mott. Now she, Mott sees enough in this horse to throw her into a double dog dare, adding a 16th of a mile, which I really think helps this horse. If anything, this is my most likely winner, except for the four who's easily the horse to beat in this race. And Patrick, I'm going over to you here as we go to the four interstate daydream for Cox and Giroux, who just law. Lo- I say just lost secret. Oath looked much the best in that race and just got nosed off of clip um, by Clary in that race. But this horse is definitely the horse to be in this spot.
2: Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And I just think this horse is going to set its own pace and it's just going to could just, could just be a wire to wire victory, um, you know, clear and above the favor above as the favorite. And I just think, you know, don't make the mistake, go to the lead and just, you know, wire this field. I, I don't think there's anything else really to it. Uh, the horse is above them. Patrick? Yeah, you there? Yeah. Oh, well, that was
0: all I was finishing with oh, that. I, but I, you started going out. Like, you made that sound like you were going to keep going. That's, that's my, my fault. fault. Uh,
2: but th- the one thing I wanted to add, too, is Frost Point, who I haven't uh, second. I probably sent that wrong. Uh, I have four, three, one um this you know this horse is one of those where I just think that can is versatile can go to the lead cannot and two back with the 85 buyer was off the pace and came back and won so mm-hmm. I think this horse you know could do has a chance at you know raising to the occasion and might have a chance
0: yeah and I agree and Nick to your comment I really don't think so um I think people are looking at, this parks race, which um, Charles B, to your point, parks horse that's the prep for the cotillion. So, the grade one cotillion, she got second to green up, which I go up to her pps, you could see the cat Sophia and then the cotillion. So, the cat Sophia is that prep, um, for that, um, for the cotillion grade one, obviously. Um, so I really think Interstate Drey Dream will be favored tomorrow, and I think she'll be a pretty heavy favorite. Green up will be bet. But coming out of a decent cat, Sophia losing to Green Up, but all the races beforehand, just with the on numbers alone, but um I think losing to Secret Oath and Clarier just be just by uh just by a nose and coming out of that Azari. Well, obviously Secret Oath and Clear Air both came back to run really well in the Apple Blossom, and we know the horses they are. So I think that's what's gonna propel this horse to favoritism in this spot. And and I'll go to Green Up. Um, just to touch on a little bit. We actually don't have green up anywhere, which is extremely I don't I don't really I don't really I know I how good this horse is, to be honest with yeah. you. um, This horse yeah, I mean, this one had that hundred.
1: I think I had it on my ticket. Did I not? Or I don't. That's I
0: what you sent me. So I'm not sure. I don't know what the hell is going on, Howard, to be honest with you. People are sending me <laughs> stuff. It's not right. It's right. I don't even know anymore, to be honest with you. But um, I really don't – I don't know how good this horse is. Like, she popped at 100 at Parks beating Interstate Daydream. But beforehand, I mean, she's she has a lot of wins. She's four for six. But, I mean, the 86 being her top and having Interstate Daydream run four straight mid, low 90s, I'm just not sure how good this horse is. And if this horse is a mid-80s horse, I'm not sure that's going to be good enough to win the race on – or the double dog Dare on Friday. So that's where I'm going I think she'll probably be around that three to one mark, maybe five to two. If she takes a lot of money with Ired and Pletcher, which she should, but I think interstate J-Dream will probably be about that seven to five mark. And she will be the favorite at post time, at least my opinion. So, um, I'm, I got last say, cause I am the one out. I got hidden connection four to one. I God, that's interesting. That, this is really interesting coming out of the Azari as well. Um, I think this horse is going to set the pace. I'm not sure if there's too much pace to be able to go with her. I, Nick, to your comment, I agree, but I'll get there in a second. Um, I think this horse gets to the lead, sets a decent trip, um, maybe not good enough to hold on, but I think this horse can hold on for at least third in this type of spot. Um, you know, really hasn't done too much wrong. The last race in the Azari didn't do what she wants to do. She wants to go to the lead or is better near the lead. Set in the middle pack was kind of in a weird trip and then just never had the kick to fire on uh, coming home. So I think she bounces back off that effort. I don't think she's good enough to win just based on figures and everything else alone. Um, like that, Ray Lou gets back up in the spot. Obviously, he's been on the horse through all 10 starts. But um, like I said, I like this horse to get out to the front. And hold on for hopefully a bit of a slice. But I'm going 4-3-7. Patrick's going 4-3-1. And Charlie is the loud man out going 3-4-1. Guys, I'm gonna switch our picks over to the last race right now. And um, hopefully they're right. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. Um, Patrick's and Charlie's are right, so maybe mine are just wrong. Who the hell knows? But we are all going with the number five in this spot, which is the only race where we seem to really agree. Um, which I thought it was a really weird spot to agree on. Honestly, um, I was going back and forth in this race between my two top picks. I didn't know which one to put on top, but Jim, the chalk is back, baby. Let's go. But Patrick, since you haven't really gone first yet, Charlie's been the odd man out. I'm going to let you go first. What did you like most about Battle of
2: Normandy? Yeah, keep me on my toes here. I need to go first. Uh, (laughs) But but, with the Battle of Normandy, I mean – this horse has not raced since um, K- Keeneland in 2022 at the Breeders', Breeders Cup K- Juvenile K- Turf, which, you know, that's, that's a decently long layoff, comes back to this track and will race in a allowance. And it's just one of those, you know, you think this horse is very talented, which the horse should be. Has uh, run the three graded stakes, hasn't won any of them since its debut um, has been training well, but, you know, I, I kind of just look at this horse, gets i rad. It's like, could we give this horse a race? Sure. My pick five ticket will show that. But I, I just think that, you know, this horse has the talent and on top of all these other horses, I, I'll have this horse on top just because I believe the talent is there. And, hey, Jim, that's a lie. I picked the three. That's a lie. It's not the
0: favorite. Whether it's a favorite at post time or not, you're wrong uh sorry had to get that out. but patrick i agree with you there's just really not that much in this spot really i mean i know suge isn't the best um coming off of these kind of short to longer layoffs um but i'm not gonna doubt suge i think this horse is extremely talented i think this horse sits a really nice trip in this race as long as she can get room at the top of the stretch i think battle of normandy if she's if he's ready i'm taking a drink i usually do it the other way but i'm taking a drink for that one but I think Battle of Normandy could get really, to be really um, tough in this spot if he is ready. Charlie, do you have anything to add before we move on?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was a very interesting and weird race for me. I didn't know what to do with the five. I had a feeling it was going to be the favorite. I didn't think it would be this heavy just because it's not exactly proven. But, I mean, it's an expensive horse. It's got Irad on it. Works are all right. I mean, it's been in brutally tough races. And, I mean, you can see in its last race, 48 to 1 or whatever. So, like – They put it in some tough races. This seems more reasonable. I just feel like this is a spot where they're like, look, it won on debut. We got optimistic. Second race was very respectable in the grade three. Tried to move it up again in the last two, and it was just obviously out of depth because it couldn't handle it. Ran against major dude who's a great horse. Uh, And, yeah, I think this is just a super easy spot, and this feels like kind of like a, all right, we had the layoff. Let's get this as a warm-up win, get the horse's legs back under it and try to build its way back up to where they thought the horse should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, this horse, if he's ready, this horse is going to be the horse to beat in this spot. The two is interesting, guys. I'll touch on that in the end. I'm not sure that he's really going to be any type of long shot. I think people are going to bet the numbers alone and the ones, but I'll get on that at the end. But, um, Charlie, I'll let you touch on that in a second. Patrick, I'm going to let you finish up here. I'm going to go with the nine dream ride for Rosario and Wilkes who comes off a pretty decent race in the Colonel but could never really could get anything going.
2: Yeah. The horse could never do anything in that race. Um, you know, this is, like I said, one of those races where you try and take shots here and there ran in the uh, anticipation with um, battle of Normandy. Eh, the horse did not really show up too much there to be honest with you. The horse really hasn't shown up, but has gotten decent buyers to fit. So it's, you know, it's kind of one of those, is this your day? Ian Wilkes is decent first-time lasix, which I don't mind. So, I, I, you know, this is a, sh- a shot, another shot play six to one. Why not Joel on the turf as well? I can't, you know, can't go wrong with that. And then I have the four in um, third. Listen, this is another play where it's shipping in from uh, Gulfstream, coming from Woodbine as well. Uh, I I, I always like the angle of like if you ship them in and they haven't they haven't ever raced a Keeneland to a big track like why not take a chance like you know they, they're confident why not you know what I mean and um jockey and trainer both of them are hitting at twenty five percent so it's like one of those things you know just take a shot twelve to one why not
0: yeah and I mean Matt Miller brings up another good obviously it doesn't help for the pick five as I put us back on screen but. This, it seems like a very good favorite to bet against maybe value and double. Absolutely. And that's what I'm going to touch on. Um, obviously on Twitter, every single weekend, which I put out my picks and my best bets, which are always usually doubles or best win bets that I have. But um, this is the is created in this race, especially with a horse with uh question marks coming off that layoff. Uh, I was going to be in the doubles, whether it's with interstate daydream or whoever's your top pick. Um, there's a the two guys I'll let Charlie touch on. it. obviously as he has it, I'll let him finish up and then I'll finish up mine. And we'll go on to our pick fives to end it here. But um, I agree with you, Matt, the probable board is, de- I mean, the board is definitely going to be your friend in this race. Cause you're going to see who's taking money. There's not really necessarily obviously any like first time starters to watch the board or anything like that, but to see who's taking money in a spot like this, where there's a lot of question marks for a lot of these horses, it's definitely interesting. Charlie, the chat pick is the number two, and you got you got full reins on this one. No pun intended. But what do you mm-hmm. like most about Ocean Point?
1: I mean, for me, it's simple. Again, we've uh, we've talked about this. I like closers, and you look at the way it came back in its last race. I don't know how that doesn't get you excited. I think a lot of people are going to have that same thought process, uh, and it'll get bet down because of it. Um, I think it's honestly at a fair value right now. I think maybe also partially for me personally, I don't know much about the connections. Maybe that is also part of the reason that it's at opening at nine to two, because again, if you look at the figures and that last race and even the race before, I mean, yeah, you look at its last three races, it really is good enough that it could be closer to favoritism. Uh, So I definitely think this horse can be dangerous. And then one of the things I did see some people talk about in the chat, I'll admit I'm nervous about it too. I have this horse in my top three, but not on my ticket with how, questionable this field is I would not be surprised if the 10 wire this field and end up kicking myself for not putting it in my ticket because I think the 10 is a very dangerous horse again okay figures but very strong early pace has shown an ability to wire in the past and again with how questionable this field is it would not surprise me if we end up watching this race and the 10 just goes wire to wire and we all are like oh my god why didn't we have this horse somewhere
0: I mean yeah I mean eight to one you'll probably get full odds on that horse I mean it's just coming back. The figures are a little low, but in the spot like this, where there's really not any horses that excite you on figures doesn't necessarily have a pace advantage, but will definitely be on the lead for sure. And like I said, it's definitely more of a dirt bias at Keeneland or not by shouldn't say bias, but it seems like horses really like to come from more from the front. The turf is generally playing a lot more fair, um, at least from what I've witnessed. Um, the 10 is definitely a wire threat in this spot for sure. She, As long as she improves, I think it's probably high 70s. Uh, it may be low 80s, but mostly high 70s is going to win this race. And if she can improve, or I keep saying she, if he can improve off that last race at Gulfstream, I think he could definitely be a wire threat in this race. So I completely agree with you, Charlie, there. I went the 7, Reckoning Force, in 2nd. Went in that rush away that we just mentioned with the 10 or with the two, excuse me, but, um, never really got anything going, whether she didn't like, or he didn't like synthetic or what it was. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, um, back, she has, or I keep saying she, what is wrong with me? What is going on today? Hey, to know drink. I got, I, I'll drink. Don't you worry about that. I got about <laughs> enough to, to, she to he's to finish this drink right now. So I'll get there in a second, but, um, he has turf numbers. The eighty is definitely good enough to win this race. That was actually on the lead. I don't necessarily think that's what this horse wants to do. I think this horse is more of a mid pack to honestly far, uh, not far back, but back closer. Um, if this horse continues to improve off that eighty on the turf, I think this horse could definitely be um, has two kind of duds over at Keeneland, but one was the Breeders' Cup Juvenile turf, and one was in the Bourbon. So grade two to grade one, obviously Breeders' Cup as well. I don't necessarily count that against him. Where more of his spot can be in this allowance company type of field, so I'm going to give Wrecking Force another shot. You know, coming back a little bit quick for Brendan Walsh, but I like that the horse has back numbers, and I'm finishing it off with the four. As Patrick touched on, this horse is interesting coming over from Goldstream for Atfield. Picks up size. who I think is going to be aggressive in this spot, um, being that the ten is going to be obviously really aggressive to ke- to get to the front. I think. Size is either going to be right with the 10 or just off. I don't know if it necessarily has enough early speed to be with the 10 on the front turn, but will be up forwardly placed. And if the 10's going to be going to be the run, run out or running out of gas, this is going to be the horse that's going to have first run. And I think this horse could definitely be a more of a price, and especially a 12 to 1. I'm willing to take it with that price with Size up. Guys, I'm going to go to our pick fives now as we're we're running out of time here. The boss is going to be mad, but um we'll we'll take it as it goes charlie you're all listed first so hopefully i have these right if not then we're all in trouble <laughs> but um charlie is going this is more of the charlie ticket that i know um rather than last week that i looked at but um pat charlie's going one three four with one two six with one two three with two four two five with for fifty four dollars charlie talk about your ticket
1: yeah, I mean, there just wasn't a horse really for me that I thought could be singled. I mean, I don't regret it all, even though it didn't work out with uh, with Secret Oath. I don't regret the two with the singles that I went with. Uh, and that last race, like we had talked about, was a disaster. So I don't regret any of that. But uh, yeah, no, this time it was tough. I mean, I think there's a lot of races where for me, there were a few that stood out. But more so, they stood out from the rest of the field rather than stood out enough where I could go with one of them uh again you know there's the race where i really do think it comes down to one two and three uh with one two and six again just banking on one of my first time starters proving me right and then getting a little thinner later on because i do think the four is the horse to beat but i mean the two beat the four before so had to throw it in there and then in the last race again it's tough i mean maybe the 10 wires them and i'm wrong but i kind of had the same thought you did kyle where i think it could definitely go to the front and finish in the underlays but it's probably going to need to get in the high 70s and i don't know if it will so that's how i ended up with the two and five uh so yeah that's my ticket
0: Hey, like I said, I love you going skinny with your opinions. Like I always say, trust your opinions, even though you won't single a horse. But, you know, I guess I I've just four before. I, I, know, be I know. I know. I'm fingers. just giving you shit. But uh, $54 for Charlie's ticket there. Patrick is going $72 going for actually no single as well. Going four five with one, two, five, six, eight, nine with one, two, with three, four, with four, five, nine
2: for a $72 ticket. Patrick, go ahead. Yeah. You know. Listen, I'm always a big fan of singling, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. In the second leg, I, I'm going six deep. I was about to single D8 check engine light uh, for Abreu and Sayas, and I wind myself up with six deep. Uh, that's how I think this card is going to go, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, so four or five. Um, those are my top two choices. Try and get out of there because I feel like if I can get out of there, I'm getting to the second leg, and I should be clear. Then I'm going uh, one, two, going with the horse on the inside and and the – um the shipper coming over from europe and then in the uh ninth race i'm going with the three and the four uh maybe try to beat interstate daydream with frost point and then in the 10th race um uh, you know it's just I, I i like battle of normandy coming back you know is it somebody that i would bet to win maybe not uh but i think my three choices in there are all logical bets yeah and i like i said
0: you know Everyone has their own say. This is definitely a hard, um, a hard sequence to pick a favorite or pick anyone to single. Um, I'm going to do it as you'll see as it brings down my ticket cost and allows me to spread in a heart and races where I have less of an opinion. So, Alexander Remington, thanks so much for joining this show, my friend. I will be trust me. I'm always trusting my hardest opinion and my biggest opinion is going to be on the screen now. I'm going one, two, four, five with two, five, six, eight, nine with one, three singling Interstate Daydream and going one, four, five, seven in the last. In the first, in the first leg, which is race six, I have my top three, which is the one with Ired and Albert Stahl, who has a, who we think has a pace advantage in that race. The two schmooze in my top pick, the number four appeal denied. And I also have supremely that you mentioned, Patrick, which I believe is your top pick in that race for Lannery and Foley at eight to one morning line. The second race I'm spreading like Patrick, that's the maiden race. Um, I really like the nine in that race, but in a pick five sequence, this would be the race to look for prices. I'm going. I'm going with my top four, as I touched on a little bit, and I'm adding the two for Stidham and Irad in that spot. the th- The eighth race, I'm including the two shippers and nobody else. I think they're generally they have to do it off the layoff, but they're generally above the rest. Um, Fastest flight is the favorite in that race. I will be tossing him out. In favor of the Euros, but the two is definitely logical in that race. Singling Interstate Daydream, who is my top opinion on the day. I think this horse, not necessarily head and shoulders above the rest, but the one horse that I did throw out was Frost Point. Um, just to bring down the uh the price of my ticket, obviously, with a single. Like I said, it's my biggest opinion. I'm gonna hit my biggest opinion hard. And I think that's generally the consensus when you're trying to make these tickets. And I went my top three picks, the 5, 7, and 4 in the last. And I'm actually including Mooncat in there. I would. I was between Mooncat and Ocean Point. You can go either way, in my opinion. Uh, the one has good numbers on turf. The two has good numbers on synthetic. Um, for lesser-known lesser barn, the ones for Chris Davis and Johnny Velasquez. So you can go either way in that race. I went with Mooncat, but Ocean Point is definitely a logical winner for sure. And Jim, I'm getting to your point right now, and then Charlie, I'll let you go ahead and rant on, and I'll rant on that the fact that Giannis continue that won't play on uh, on Thursday, which I'm still I'm obviously get on him to get better, but um, Jim goes, hey guy, we'll smoking day race Saturday if it's off the turf. Looks like a very wet forecast. I'm actually seeing better forecast each and every single day that I'm looking at it. Um, the answer is no. He will not race if the race is off the turf. And will most likely go to, um, I don't, I believe he'll race in two weeks or three or four, two to four weeks. These are the racing on Derby weekend, or he's racing if, if he doesn't race this or he'll race in the Pimlico uh, turf special, like he did last year and lost to Carotari. And then bring him over towards me in New York. Hey man, look, I telling you, if he races, well, which again on numbers alone, based off that 95 off the layoff, he fits really well in that race. If not, he will probably be one of the closer favorites in that race. Um, obviously maybe not on connection with, uh, Kelsey he does pick up Tyler in that race. So I think with that 95 will be one of the top choices in that race. And if you race as well, Patrick Belmonte, here we come, you know what I'm saying? Just like yep. last year and we'll see how it goes. But that is the, um, that is the pick and Nick Feldman. See, one of my astute, uh, one of my astute viewers, Mooncat, is definitely a uh, an interesting one and we f- will feel bad if Kyle drives out to Keeneland race, comes off the surf. Jim, you know me, man. I'm just going to be sitting up there, eating my bread pudding, uh, drinking some brews, and just having a good time anyway, even if Smoking J doesn't win. And uh, like I said, I'll have my uh, my beautiful girlfriend to be with me who hasn't been to Keeneland yet, has never been to Kentucky in that capacity. So I'm excited to show her around Um you know, the farms and everything else of that is the beautiful area of Lexington. So, um, I won't feel bad either way, trust me, but we'll be nice to see, see my horse and get in that winter circle just like I did last weekend, but for different reasons, obviously. And, uh, Nick to answer yours. Yes. The round will be on at Belmonte. He raced in it last year, really didn't even get a fair shake. Got really got hard, bumped hard out of the gate. And then, uh, chasing already, Saffy Joseph just decided to stop right in front of him as he was, Probably most hopefully coming up for a slice on the turn, but um, it would be the Belmont on or the Jiper on Belmonte if he runs well in this spot, most likely. And but guys, thanks again for everyone that joined in to w- watch our Keeneland uh Friday special, greatly appreciate it. Now I'm turning it over to the man himself as he gives his um son suck picks for the rest of the uh for the rest of the playoffs, the NBA playoffs here, Charlie. It is all you, my friend.
1: Yeah, I mean, just a little recap and how I'm feeling about the playoffs. I mean, look, I'm just so thankful right now that Chris Paul finally beat the rigged ref Scott Foster allegations. 0-13, 2-17 and overall. Actually, I watched the Sean Donahue documentary and it turned out Scott Foster rigged more calls than him, and yet they kept him around in the league. So to finally see Chris Paul defeat Scott Foster in a legacy game. All I think that does, in all seriousness, though, is if you're betting the Suns, just double down. I mean, that he exercised his demons. That was the first one down. They're, the Clippers are in trouble, in my opinion. I think the reality is the Suns have started slow. You're going to L.A., which is Chris Paul's home. For those of you that don't remember, in the playoffs, the last time they played the Clippers in a game six elimination, Chris Paul put up 41 and put them away. I think they're going to go into L.A. and take at least one, maybe both, and get that series over with. Uh, the Lakers lost, so it's great to see LaFraud, Le Mickey Mouse Clubhouse lose even without John Morant. So it's good to see that they're struggling. The Warriors are cooked, uh, and Draymond got a suspension as deserved. Hey, you gave I me do... you gave
0: me shit for that,
1: by the way. <laughs> I, the Sacramento's up two nothing. Uh, granted, they're at home, but still looking pretty pretty
0: good. I no, say. No, I think
1: Sacramento's going to win that in seven. I just don't see in either seven... team ever oh stealing a game on the oh. road. Well, I just don't see either team Give stealing five. a game on the road. I just I don't see it. Give me I, I five. don't. The Warriors at home. Warriors win game
0: three. three. Sacramento wins game four. They come back I home and win game it. five.
1: But I, I mean, I think the Lakers First are still going to win in six, unfortunately. I think Sacramento, we're going to have a lot of, I realize, a lot of California teams, though, moving on. Denver, I mean, Minnesota's shown to be in the playoffs. I wish the Thunder for vibes could have been in, but the Thunder, it doesn't matter. The Nuggets will get swept by the Suns in round two. The East, I mean, Boston is just a problem. Philly isn't doing it for me. I mean, Patrick, I got to give your Knicks credit. Oh, yeah. So Come on. Let's go. Win. Let me hear it. Yeah. No, oh, I wait, got, wait, wait. This is, this I is unprecedented minute. right I got, here. I got it up. I do think the Knicks are going to give Donovan Mitchell and company trouble. However, I do think what Stephen A. was worried about, which was them getting too comfortable after the game one win, was exactly what happened. I think that's what happened in game two. I think that's why they got the break speed off of him. Uh, I think Thibodeau has to be careful. He's risking a, a Derrick Rose 2.0 with what happened with Julius Randle late. Um, I mean Milwaukee's winning in five and I'm so happy because my friend that's a Heat fan was giving me all the crap in the world after the Bucks lost game one and Giannis went down and saying that series was over and now without Giannis the Bucks are up like 500 points so that game's over that series is over Kyle congrats on the second round
2: oh they're playing uh, right
1: sorry, now yeah I I'm, forgot about that I'm sorry for my boy Mikael Bridges man because he's playing so well yeah. but He's just so overmatched. I, I still think a lot of my predictions will it's be accurate. I will own it, though. Yeah. I think I had Cleveland on this show in like five or six. I think Cleveland's going to win in seven now. I, I think New York could still take that series, but I'll admit it, Patrick. I'll I'll, I'll own it. I normally am always right. I I, I still think I am always right. Before, and doubt Jalen Brunson,
2: that. too. Keep doubting him. I, I was a,
1: I was, no, I love Jalen Brunson. <laughs> That's the local kid. I just, I don't know. It's fun to hate on the Knicks. All my friends are from <laughs> New York, so they love him. But I mean, look—it's still for everybody. When I gave out my picks, it's still the Suns are still winning it all. Don't you worry. Stick with that, and you'll make a lot of money. Still going to be Suns Bucks in the finals, Kyle. Maybe we'll go to a game together, and I can—we can do a live podcast. So I can give you crap can do live
0: podcast from Milwaukee. I love it. I going yeah, to I'll kidding. give
1: you a little crap for it. But uh, yeah, nothing's changed, people. Don't worry. The Suns just wanted to give everybody a little excitement and give them a little more value by losing game one. It was on purpose. So uh, yeah. yeah, they're still winning it all. It's over. It's already over. I mean, we'll watch what but it's over.
0: I will say though, you can't you can't sure they did not look good in that game one loss. I will oh, no, say, they that. look
1: bad in both games. they look looked terrible. I mean, it doesn't help that they don't have campaign and that their bench is a disaster that can't score. And Monty Williams is picking out of a hat for who comes off the bench, which is see, not this, the best time to be doing see, this. See,
0: and this guy's picking them to win, and he just says their benches yeah, the the they crazy. have a guy by
1: the name of Christopher Emmanuel Paul. They have Devin Armani Booker and I don't know Kevin Durant's middle name, but they got him too. Unfortunately, they have DeAndre and Williams, but they can over that I'm just messing with you, man.
0: I didn't even. I just looked at the score. They're up. They're up twenty. Bucks are up twenty six at half, scoring eighty one yeah, points.
1: Ridiculous,
0: dude. Leave it to leave it to Drew Holiday when Giannis <laughs> oh goes out. I,
1: didn't even I just got an alert. The Bucks went on a twenty four to two run.
0: That's uh, yeah, that's pretty yes, good. That's last good. time I checked, and I mean that's the whole. You know, that's basically their whole lead right now. I mean, they're up twenty six, but I mean, that leave it to Drew saw. Holiday and uh, and when when Giannis goes out, brooke Lopez does uh. Brook L- uh, Splash Mountain, excuse me, sorry. Uh, Splash Mountain steps up to uh, and Planet Pat actually is thirteen. I'm looking at right now. Chris Middleton, I still say he's a fucking bum. I hate that guy.
1: Yeah, but no, just so, just as you brought him up, I was gonna say I don't know if you saw, but like in the players' anonymous survey, Drew Holiday got a ton of love. They said he's the best defensive player and most underrated player in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, when people were, I mean, how much crap did the Bucks get when they assigned Drew Holiday to that? Yeah, he got, I mean, he got well, a I, big I, contract. I,
1: I hate to say it, but I know he's legit because I remember the NBA Finals when he stole it from Booker. Man, he's a dog on defense, and obviously, I'm happy for the guy. He's such a the problem is he's such a likable player in person, but I have every reason to dislike him, yet I can't. I can't I get it. it. Yep. Such I get a good
0: it. Like I said, as long as the Bucks, Giannis comes back for game three, he scores 40 on the Heat for two straight games on the road.
1: They just got to take one in Miami. He doesn't even need to be back for game three. Honestly, if he's just yeah. back by game four, you just need him for one of those Miami games.
0: I know. Well, judging by that, I mean, we might not need him for any. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, Drew Holiday can't drop 21 and a half every day. But, um, yeah, it's just an absolutely fun time right now. And, I mean, the Bulls aren't in. Although I really I was it I was in the I was in a bar while the Bulls were playing the Heat. I was rooting you know, for the Bulls so hard you know. and not because I wanted the Bulls yeah, you to win the easy matchup. Yeah. Match yeah, exactly. But obviously, um, I could
1: have maybe gone to a game, you know, Milwaukee and Chicago for all the games, at least it could have been more local. But hey, yeah, you know what if Giannis it. got hurt, I mean, obviously we don't know if he would have gotten hurt, but then the Bulls could have stolen a game. But yeah, yeah I, it, it was tough. Part of me wanted to see the Bulls win. The other part was like, I just want to stop the bleeding and just end it. Like, just put put the Bulls down. They need to be put down. Their season was over. Yeah, gotta, I mean, they got to. Re- as
0: much everything. as we all make fun, made fun of him, like on the internet and stuff. Lonzo Ball is a big part of that team. He really is. Well, if
1: he can come back healthy, he's doing a surgery where no one's ever recovered, and I'm pulling for him. I like. I mean, like, because reality is, after he got through those L.A. days, you know, and there was all like the stuff with his dad, he really did become a different guy once he left L.A. and, and did work to improve as a player. So I do feel for the guy. Yeah. Uh, and I will put out a public warning to everybody who follows me on Twitter. As much as I appreciate it, I will just warn you, since it is the NBA playoffs, just be careful what you see. You see, I, I don't, I don't always mean what I say. Be careful so don't, what don't, don't you see. Don't take it see, all to heart. I ha- I he had, a, I will warn. I had a few no. tweets about Scott Foster that weren't the nicest things I could have said in the world, but it was also well deserved. So I, I, I stand by it. But just like, <laughs> just know I don't always mean what I say. I'm just having a good time. I'm meant for the hot takes and strong opinions. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's one way to put it, Patrick. What are you
2: saying? Oh, no, I, I was just going to say. He says, "Be careful what you see." I mean, maybe it's just to you, Charlie. Be careful what you post. Well, yeah, <laughs> be careful what you say, rather than see.
1: But, I, but I, as much as I like Katie, I'm not the guy who's going to go hide behind a burner. Like I yeah. stand by what I said. behind All
0: right, all right. After the, after the burner comment, I think we're done here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, uh, guys, thanks so much for joining in, and everyone out there, thanks so much. Join. Thanks so much for joining in and and commenting and everything. I had a great time. Thanks for bringing your opinions. Um, And if you have any while you're watching this later, please comment below the video player on your best opinion for this Keeneland late pick five on Friday, as there'll be a lot of people scrolling through the comments to try and find a really good bet to center their day around, like I said, for Friday. So guys, for Pat, for my co-host, Patrick Kunsell and Charlie Freeman, this has been your host, Kyle Roscoe for episode number 16 of Benton and Boozen here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great night.